Now this is podcasting presents Lyrical Time Capsule. Hey, welcome to Lyrical Time Capsule, the show where we look at uh, the song lyrics of uh, iconic or not so iconic songs line by line, run a sort of pseudo intellectual analysis on them, decide where they fit in the human journey, and uh, whether they deserve to be preserved for all time before the apocalypse which is imminent, comes whether they deserve to be preserved for all time in an impregnable time capsule for whatever life form inherits the earth after we're gone. Uh, my name is Hugo, and with me on this awesome journey through the human lyrical sphere is... Hello, it's Ming. Great to be with you again, my bro. Always great to be with you, my bro. Um, how are you feeling? You ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready. And also... Uh... You know, I think it, I think it's good to say that um, uh, there's there's positives to be had from being super underprepared. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we'll we'll talk yeah. we'll talk from the heart um, and not from the mind. Yeah. Which disclaimer, full disclaimer to any wonderful, beautiful, discerning, educated listeners out there. Any opinions may be full of <laughs> utter crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're full to full to a certain degree at all times, and <laughs> full to varying varying percentages. So, am I uh, are my opinions half full of crap or half <laughs> empty of crap? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the only question. That's the only question the listener has to decide: half full of crap or half empty. Well, I, I think probably Hugo, uh, you bring half a glass of full cream crap. I bring yeah. half a glass of full cream crap. There we and, go. What is what is the sum of those two things? Hmm. Is that two halves? Do they make a hole? Two halves. I'm not sure. Oh, crap. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a crap hole. <laughs> um crap hola. Crap hola. So, <laughs> well well, so we we've done three of these so far. Not that anyone's heard them. Um because we haven't actually done an official launch yet, but we will imminently. Um and this is the fourth, and the first three dwelt completely, entirely in the uh, in the scepter dial, the United Kingdom. Uh, so we decided we have to um, take on more of the of the um, shadowy overlords list and head to the US of A. So who better d- to start with than yeah. probably, arguably, Speaking the most about lyrics. Titanic? Yeah, the a towering figure of world lyricism, of poetry of any genre, we're going to tackle for our first foray into the US of A, uh, Mr. Mr. Robert Zimmerman, Mr. Bob Dylan. The song title being Subterranean Homesick Blues. Here's the, here's the caveat at the beginning. Well, this song is so dense. I think that even though it's rapid fire, we're going to have to just take it tiny piece by tiny piece in my opinion, like literally half line by half line, um, bar by bar, basically, because it's just, it's like a, it's like a freaking, it's like a, one of those rocks from the center of the earth. All right. So Bob Dylan, cool. subterranean homesick yep. blues. Is that a terrible place to start? I feel like it is. 
two lines in. It's all going to be terrible. No, no, that's that's it. We've got to do it because, my God, how much can one how come how much can one poet achieve in like in eight, eight, eight to twenty less like ten words? Jesus. Yeah, in in ten seconds, it's ludicrous. Okay, so we drop in to this scene, dual scene. Johnny's in the basement mixing up the medicine. That's the other thing is I'm going to actually repeat a lot of the lines yeah, because good. they come rapid fire. So I'm going to read them. Johnny's in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement thinking about the government. Um, I mean, there are many, there are many sort of iconic openings of songs, I guess you could say, or poems. But this one, uh, this one deserves its place in the, in the pantheon i think just so much is implied with this opening and i wanted to even just start with the name johnny to begin with yeah yeah as soon as i hear that it, it kind of puts me in the mind of of a sort of cultural cultural touchstone like what kind of what kind of name is johnny or john in in the american journey kind of yeah thing. it's it's an everyman it, yes, precisely. But it's an every every man, the all American every man, the all American precisely. Yeah, that's exactly what I that's exactly what I think of when I hear it, Johnny. You know, um, yeah, like uh, Joe or Johnny Hank Football or something like that. It's a, it's a name like that. Yeah, precisely. Um, so here he is. He's the American every man, and at this point in 1965, you know, sort of. Uh, whatever you could say like uh 200 years into the american journey this is this is where he's arrived this is the point that johnny has arrived at uncle sort of not uncle sam he's like he's like the younger uh, it, it, what what conjures up for me is like a young a young buck sort of uh gi not gi I'm, I'm using the wrong words but do you see what i'm saying like the the type of kid that would get drafted into a war like he's that age and and um he's the type of kid who who is is kind of re representative of the of suburban the, suburban American dream. You you nailed it. Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. He is the everyman of that of that journey of that American journey. Okay, so where is he <laughs> in at this point in the American journey? Where is he? What's he up to? Oh, he's subterranean. Uh, he's subterranean. Precisely, you nailed it. Yes, precisely. He's in the basement mixing up the medicine. Okay, you're. Uh, you're a man who is on many levels very versed in the kind of um the kind of what's the word the medicinal <laughs> the medicinal what do you what medicine do you think he's referring to well it's not anti malarial it's uh it's almost <laughs> it's almost certainly a reference to lsd i don't uh, yeah it's not it's not it's not i don't think i don't think it's political medicine i think it's um I think it's LSD. My, m there's a line a little later, and I don't want to jump the gun, but let's just say that LSD is a perfectly fine explanation. But later on, there's a guy who's got a bad cough. And so um, we know that, we, we, we know from, from especially Australia's uh, experience with the ice epidemic that, uh, you know, that, that these kind of cough medicines can make, if you, if you formulate them right, can turn into incredibly potent drugs um but you know you got to do a bit of a bit of uh, a bit of chemistry a la breaking bad uh to them 
but but so so I th I think that you know LSD would work fine in in the context of the of the moment the cultural moment, um, but so would so would a medicine that we think of like a like a, a a curative medicine like a cough medicine like a codeine or something like that. Either way, Johnny, the well, how did you describe him? The suburban the suburban everyman or something like that. Suburban, like that. suburban uh, American, American dream. dream. Yeah. Right. He's become a guy who lives underground <laughs> in a in some kind of hovel, and he, and and he's not he's not, for example, having a family and owning a legitimate business. He's he's making drugs uh, <laughs> in the basement. Meanwhile, the narrator is one level up. Let's say is on the pavement thinking about the government um okay so uh one thing that strikes me about that and i will i will hand over the mic after this because i've hogged it this <laughs> no please but one, but one thing that strikes me about that is like why the pavement now w w pavement i think means the same in america is the side they they usually say sidewalk don't they yeah. we say pavement it depends region by region it's very particular in america some of them say pavement do they i didn't know that but He's on the pavement thinking about the government. Okay, so the pavement represents for me like it's public space. Yeah, the uh, street. It's it's infrastructure built by the government. So, so well, I, I think, on... yeah, sure. Okay, uh, that's I, I probably would have just um, stopped at its common ground. But no, you make a good point. No, I mean, I mean, I'm not. It's just something that strikes me as interesting. Like, I agree with you. It's public space. He's open. He's not in a private residence. He's just on the pavement, but he's standing or sitting on a structure, a piece of infrastructure that is made by the government, and he's thinking about the government. So it's a perfect place to think about the government because you're literally being kind of like held up or supported. You're not in a field or a forest, even though obviously those can be owned by the government as well. He's not. He's not in. You know, by some creek or something like that. He's within. Mm. He's absolutely sitting on the inter inter. inter oh, I'm trying to think of the word. The interstices is that even a word? The intersection. Let's call it. Um, between the exactly the point uh, within the infrastructure that's governmental. Uh, the where, the the place where the traffic flows, the place where pedestrians yeah, go. That's, you know, yeah, yeah, because he doesn't on, say on the, you know he's not referencing the town square. He's not saying I'm no, in that no. um, in that communal mm -mm. space. Yeah, yeah, good point. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Yeah, there's there's inherent on the pavement. Yeah, there's movement inherent in that. There's movement, but and 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 it's oh, I'm I'm trying to I don't want to get into the, too much of my own thoughts on this, but it's it's very pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, place, place to to locate oneself. I'm on the pavement. It's just such a normal, boring place. Um, but it's so governmental, and it's like, what, 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 what does it, you know? It's just, it just, it, when when somebody uses a word like that in in a song this iconic, it it ma it makes me pause for thought and think about the implications of being a human and being placed within that infrastructure. Between the traffic and the buildings, and just in this only place where where humans can safely walk publicly, a tiny narrowing um, place of human safety in the urban journey that that also is completely dependent on on government 
you know, um, construction. <laughs> so what a place for a human to be to be located. Yeah, and I think um, also it's the it's the juxtaposition between that the visible public, um, you know, uh, the, the movement, people milling. Um, there's the juxtaposition between that and the basement or the you know the subterranean. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which uh, am, am I am I right in remembering? Um, that's a reference to like the and the song title, the whole that whole sort of establishment. Is is that a reference to Kerouac, the Subterraneans? It's like that late I mean, late fifties. It's a book title. Have you read it? No, I haven't. I'm I'm a, I'm loosely aware I, of it, but not much. Yeah, I have not. I've only tr- I've tried on the road, mm. Kerouac. I didn't get very far in it. Right. I, I, I must have to try again. But you, but you mentioned a really, really important part. It's it's all related to this kind of beat beat poet um, phenomenon. Of yeah, the, of the fifties. But yeah, so but I mean, who were referred to as like the, the subterraneans or you know the under? That's where we get the the phrase. Is it not the underground? Oh well, the underground culture probably goes further back, way further back to people hiding in caves in France or something. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Not part of the mainstream is the important part. You know. Not part of the mainstream, precisely, and yet, and yet, sorry that that you've you've you'd made me think of this tension between yes, yes, and maybe I'm maybe I'm expressing maybe I can express it better now. You're, you're thinking about the government, and and you consider yourself outside of the mainstream, but every aspect of your existence depends is dependent on the existence of the mainstream, whether you like it or not. And in fact, you're kind of railing against railing against the common society, but you, a a existing in a way that depends on the existence of the common society whether okay let's just take bob dylan as an example you know he's a musician he requires people to go and and earn money so that he, they can attend his concerts or buy his records right or or even if he wasn't successful he's just a busker not i'm not dissing buskers but that's just a, an example of a lower level economic success than bob dylan was if He's you exist busker. if you exist within the framework of uh, the contemporary western culture then it yeah. is it is inherent to your survival it's crucial to your survival that you know you need basic needs met food accommodation yeah. you know um yeah. shelter shelter food uh, clothing um and unfortunately, those things are accessed within the limitations of the, the framework of that culture. Cool, precisely. And that's, I think it's not insignificant to reach that point in the human journey of the West and reach a state of infrastructural sophistication that it can support uh, a segment of society that can be outside of it. Outside of yeah. it. <laughs> and and, and, and they're, not, they're not required to. They're not required to till the fields, for example. Mm-hmm. They're not required to build the battlements or man the battlements with spears and blah, blah, blah. They can exist as kind of beat or underground artisty types. The system has created enough stability that people can occupy cracks within it. Okay, cool. So they, they think about the government. Um, the system... So, so, so this is... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of teasing where I'm where i go with this type of song is that the system is infrastructurally so sophisticated and so successful that it creates a possibility to have a a a segment of its society 
who who consider themselves outside of it while existing completely within it, then what does that segment of society then choose to do to the society at large? What does it then choose to do in return for having having been supported, having had their entire existence brought up, having had their entire existence made possible by society and supported? What do they? How do they then return the favor? <laughs> well, it's interesting that you. It's interesting that you say favor, which I know is the is the, you know is the common phrase, return the favor. But you know, mm. what, I don't. I don't think you have to necessarily consider it to be favorable. You know, you, I think you can acknowledge. You can acknowledge your origins. You can acknowledge um, the situation, where you've come from, where you're at. You know, um, but I don't think you have to look upon it favorably you, you know that it, it's not just because it was how it was doesn't mean it's how it has to be like I, I think you can you can criticize it um very very reasonably that's fine cool we will definitely explore this topic more um <laughs> let's listen to song. let's listen to some more lyrics <laughs> Shit. oh my god we're terrible we're doing we two lines <laughs> <laughs> i love this it's okay great. No, no. Well, you see, this is the crux, right? So, okay, let's let's keep going. And um, lucky, we'll lucky, it's only two and a half exactly minutes long. Point. Yeah, indeed. A man in a trench coat, flat job, laid off the stairs. He's got a bad cough, wants to get a paid off. Look out, kid. Oop. That was a bit slow on that. Okay. Sorry. No, no, that's great. So the man in a Who's trench coat, or well, the man in a trench coat, yep. badge out, laid off. Says he's got a bad cough. Wants to get it paid off. Yeah. Who? Who? Do you, what kind of vibe do you get from this? I won't hog it. This. This one. No. Well. Okay. I trench coat badge out. Um, yeah. So he's some kind of uh, some kind of government employee, probably badge. Okay. Yeah. Probably in uh-huh. some kind of enforcement. Yeah. Some kind um, of enforcement. You know. Possibly. You know, when you think of trench coats and badges, I think of FBI agents. That's what I get. Okay. Yeah, true. Laid That's off. That's true. I think of that too. Why is being laid yeah. off? Well, the 50s was McCarthyism and there was probably more mm-hmm. more FBI agents than ever before. 65, mm-hmm. we're talking JFK. Um, funding mm-hmm. from FBI was probably redirected to CIA. <laughs> they're, 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 they're still looking for they're still looking for those internal terrorists though and you know the war on drugs was <laughs> you know it's, it's hitting a, a weird place um says he's got a bad cough there's your there's your drug um yeah. your drug answer there wants to get yeah. it paid off so you know he's come come seeking come seeking whatever the whatever the um, master in the basement is is making possibly yeah <clears throat> yes. so we're talking about yes. we're talking about maybe an FBI or DEA someone who's involved in policing whose job is to crack down on this kind of activity and he's come seeking the results of this kind of activity so Good. but he's, but he's yeah. been laid off so he's out yeah. of a job he doesn't have to he doesn't have to maintain the status quo. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, good stuff. Um, I don't. I don't know that we need to go sort of so high in the government. I think a trench coat probably was worn by by detectives as well, just to kind of 
detective on that kind of that kind of level. I'm not I'm not up on my on my American police ranks, but you know that kind of inspector um, type person. Well, maybe that's who's, maybe who's, pavement who's, is a good reference point for that. Then someone who walks yeah, like the beat. a beat, a beat, but not a, a uniformed de- officer. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, they you know, they're still dressed in kind of formal clothes. I mean, it is the '60s after all. They, you know, people did dress fairly formally still. But, but also, you know, everyone a, wore a, trench coats. <laughs> Even though in, I, in I movies, I, people people yeah. always refer to trench coats are always like cops, you know, or detectives, FBI, whatever. But you know, true, everyone true. J- journalists wore trench coats, businessmen wore right, trench right. coats, you know. True. Well, so anyway, but this guy, this guy was whatever he was that he was that rank and he he rocks up in this place and he's still got his badge. So he's using it to kind of um, masquerade still as a as a working cop. And then he is, as you said, he's rocking up in this in this drug den and he wants. You know what? what I'm guessing the the proceeds like he wants to get paid off. Um. He's basically wants bribes, basically. So he's completely a completely corrupt law enforcement. Hundred percent. I mean, that's a tale as old as time, right? Absolute yeah. power corrupting, absolutely. But still, an interesting small amount of power uh, only corrupts a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but an interesting, an interesting image of where we arrive in the human journey that our our authority figures are completely corrupt, um, corrupted according to this according to this image. Okay. Not all of them. I mean, well, not all. I guess not. But, but you know. But I'm, I'm speaking from the narrator's. Yeah. I'm speaking from the narrator's point of view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Not all. Um, and and also, but, uh, you I'm know, he's sure also that the, I'm on the pavement thinking about the government. So you know, he's. It, we we are aware, as we've discussed it at great length, we're aware that um, he he exists within this um, within this paradigm within this structure. Yeah. Um, and. So he's, you know, that an outsider, a basement, a subterranean person can yeah. can witness themselves as part of, you know, a, res- a, a result of the structure and they can be critical of it, you know, in, in yes. their mind, in their thoughts, in their speech. Yes. And that somebody who is um, part of the institution of upholding that can also, you know, uh, operate in a way that is completely against the stated intentions of um, and is taking advantage of these subterraneans for you know their own selfish purposes at the same time. So you've got you've got you've got uh, you've got the full yin and yang uh, in, is, in in absolute flow here. It's great in four lines. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> what you just said is brilliant. Um, before we go on to the next bit, um, just a word on the rhyming because yeah, um, yeah. it's just incredibly. It's just yeah. great. It's so dense. Um, and there's a lovely kind of A-B rhyme, basement, pavement. Yeah. And then medicine and government. No, that's not a rhyme at all. That's so um, assonant, I think, is the, is the term where it shares qualities. Yes. Medicine and government. Medicine, yes. it shares a stress pattern. Yeah. And maybe a last syllable, maybe medicine, government. It's got a schwa sound. But but that's such an a uh, a such a sophisticated yes uh, way to construct a rhyme, um, and then sort of multi syllable sort of multi syllable or phrase verbs in in the last bit, um the the last bit of the that last couplet laid off paid off, 
Uh, it's just good stuff. So this guy's a this guy's not just a great beat poet. The beat poets weren't that great at rhyming, I don't think. Um, they're no. not known for that. They're known for kind of constructing long lines and 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 density of imagery, a bit like this song. Well, it's but beat, Dylan's right? It's about it's about well. the beats. It's about the stress and the pausing, right? That that, that I I don't know that the... they I don't know that that is a um a meaning that they cared too much about the beat. Okay. I think that they were. I think that they were talking about, uh, you know, sort of the beat, uh, you know, like like the beat of being on the street kind of thing, right. or 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 being connected to, or, or being sort of allying with beaten down people kind of vibe. I I don't think that beat, the way we understand it, the beat of the rhythm was something that they were super concerned about. I mean, it works anyway. It probably is for all I know. Um, let's. Let's go for the next couple of lines. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit in on that first part, but let's go. This time you did, God knows when, but you're doing it again. You played a tough down the alleyway, looking for a new friend. A man in a coonskin cap and a big pen wants $11 bills. You only got 10. I thought I'd just let that play through. Cool. Yeah, that's good. That's a good chunk. Uh, okay, again, I'll read because it's yeah, just please. a good meat. It's, yeah, it's so perfect. dense. Look out, kid. It's something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. Uh, you're switching up the rhyme pattern. A, A, B, B. Just just keep people guessing what the what the rhythm is going to be. This is probably the closest thing that, that the song has got to a chorus. Mm. Uh, look out, kid. Mm. Look out, kid is probably the, the, yeah, the one. The ref- yeah. Um, cool. So... Um, Who's, who's talking? Do you reckon? Uh, it's not the narrator now. I don't think. No. No, this is definitely a character, like a judging, a judging character, or yeah. you know, an observer. I I think it's the cop. I think that the the, the way I get the, the the scene kind of flows through, and we we've you know we've heard of Johnny's down in the basement doing mixing up drugs. The narrator's on the pavement. Um, having these thoughts around oppression and, and the governmental structure and stuff. Meanwhile, this guy comes along, the man in a trench coat, and we get this literary background to him. He's a he's a he's a fired cop. He's about to go bribe people. He's got his badge out. He's he's like, um, you know, he's like <laughs> I was about to do a Batman impression. Yeah. Tell me where the drugs are. <laughs> um, he's basically going on this mission to to he, you know he's probably a junkie cop anyway, uh, bad lieutenant type. And but he knows that there's a drug dealing op a drug. I've got a cough. <laughs> I've got a cough. <laughs> Daddy's got a cough. No, nice, oh, sorry, I'll nice. stop it. I love that. I love That's that. It's really ridiculous. Um, and then so then he the cop is still putting on this air of be- the the ex cop the, the authority corrupt cop still still, still putting on this yeah. voice of. Of um of that he's he's got that role yeah. and he, and he he addresses the narrator who's on the pavement. Look out, kid! Mm. It's something that you did. Like I don't know what you've done. I don't you're know busted. what you're about, but you're you're bad. I can tell you're you're about bad stuff. Um, I don't know when you've you've done bad stuff, but you're obviously doing it again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the total um the irony. I think I'm okay in using the word irony. Yeah, the irony of a corrupt authority figure pointing at anyone and and passing judgment. Mm. But I think that's what's going on here. Um cool. Well then the but then the last part is a bit 
there's there's a in my opinion a change of voice i don't think i think that's back to the narrator now in my opinion yeah but anyway i'll read it you better duck down the alleyway sorry go ahead um all right so here's the last three lines of the verse you better duck down the alleyway looking for a new friend the man in the coonskin coonskin cap in a pig pen wants Oof. 11 dollar bills but you only got 10 okay what do you get from that? Yeah, so the, you know, duck, duck down the alleyway, look for a friend. I, you know, that's clearly, that's clearly still in the, the, let's call it the cop's voice. You know. You, you, you take it as that, yeah? Yeah, I, that's, I, I really feel that. Yeah. Um, for so, me, you know, it switches I've, back. I've busted you, I've busted you, you haven't done anything wrong, but, you know, scram, get out of here okay. before I cause cool. you trouble. Yeah. Um, that works. And, and then I think, then I think the the last two lines are, are back to the narrator's voice. Okay, cool. My, my opinion. Yeah, I I mean, look, I'm I'm fairly loose on it being the cop's voice. It's kind of like a an, an authority type of thing. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, an abstract authority. It could yes. be the cop. Yeah. But but for me, when he says you better duck down the alleyway, that's like, oh, there's there's you know there's these dodgy. Um, dodgy fucks all around get out of here you being being you speaking to himself the narrator hey get out of here yeah right okay sure look l- looking for a new friend um mm. is interesting yeah i think so because uh you know this type of this type of um this type of underworld type of uh this type of underworld lifestyle do you feel in general that, that the word friend, it, when we're talking about drug deals and, and illicit activity, do you feel the word friend is, is kind of apt? <laughs> I, I, always, I feel like that's very sardonic, like the use of friend. I don't feel like there's friendly. I don't feel like there's functional friendships in this type of, in this type of mise-en-scene. I think yeah, that's like I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, friend. I think it's, I think it's complex. Um, I, th- I yeah. think it can, I think it can carry multiple meanings quite comfortably at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be a real genuine statement, you know, well, it's, you're looking for a new friend. So I, I mean, the, the use of the word new there in the, in the context is, you know, is telling though. I, I think it's suggesting that, yeah. you know, um, okay. From an optimistic, let's take a really positive spin on it. You know, these may be very genuine friendships, but maybe in this kind of um, in this in these kinds of activities, those very real friendships, uh, those people can be pulled away, ripped away through violence or or through um, you know incarceration or what have you. Um, So your day to day face-to-face interactions can be can be pulled away at, at the drop of a hat or maybe you know maybe they need to go into hiding so whilst they may be very genuine and real and deep friendships th- these people can disappear um, very quickly for a number of reasons uh, so I, th- I think there can be a real um there can, there can be a real use of the word friend there right? but i i agree also that you know and loyalty is the word that comes up when i think of organized crime mm-hmm. and but loyal loyalty yeah. is always in the eye of the beholder depending on their particular position in an organization so you know there i think you're right that we're friends as long as you know there's always (laughs) these real conditions to friendship 
Um, so I, you know, I, I agree with you about the sardonic nature, but I think it can also be be real as well. Yeah. And if if this corrupt if this corrupt authority figure is here, and you know, um, threatening you as an innocent person, but just because you you don't you're there you're present and you don't conform to the status quo, then you know I'll I'll, I'll happily you know fix you up by planting something on you and busting you or whatever even though i'm 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 yeah. out of the force but i know people you know if this is a kind yeah, of totally. active threat that's happening then you yeah. know you would need friends <laughs> totally yeah you've now you nailed it you nailed exactly what i was trying to get at it's kind of like a um it's it's a more the, the stakes are higher than in your average friendship yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not just casually, oh, we hang out at the bar, we watch sports together. It's like, uh, where are your loyalties? Who yes. can you trust? Kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. And friend just kind of doesn't, for me, doesn't sum up that. Friend, I, I, I get, I, I, now that I think about it, I, I feel like I imagine someone kind of like an innocent person finding themselves in the street. And I'm not saying it applies to the narrator. I'm just trying sure. to drill down a bit more into what I mean. But, you know, someone innocent has arrived in the street like a like a welcome to the jungle type situation. And someone from the street it like throws their arm around them. And goes, hey, friend, come with me kind of vibe. It's like, oof, someone's talking to you like that. It's sure. just not. The, the car salesman, just, sure. The car salesman <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a much more lethal yeah. <laughs> level. <laughs> like, um Anyway, um, you know, that's just a, th- a thing that I get, like a new friend. It just yeah. has this weird, yeah, yeah. weird with tone to it. I'm with you. I'm um, with you on the new, especially the new friend. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the new that's the I aspect. think it's, it's really, it's, this is just testament to the genius of this guy, you know, yeah. that two words in this line, at this position yeah. in the song, two line, two words in this line are just like, yeah. <laughs> look where we're going yeah. with this, you know, look what, look what it's, going, you know? it's spinning off, yeah. Totally, totally. Well, you, you, you've nailed it. It's, it's, it's a genius. It's full of meaning and it's full of genius and it's full of uh, ambiguity, which I yeah. think is where, yes. the, where the endless discussion yes. comes from. Yes, yes. But the, brave, the bravery to be ambiguous. Yeah. Um, so speaking of ambiguous, the next line, the man in the coonskin cap in a pig pen. Okay. What a... <laughs> what's a, a coonskin cap, right? A raccoon skin cap? I know that from uh, from South Park, you know, the coon. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's an image. Okay, so you said ambiguous, but I think this is a specific reference. However... Cool, tell me. Ha- no, however, what I'm about to do is apologize because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm aware of, of that being um, like a really common image, uh, let's say, from mid-50s to mid-60s. Okay, like what, on, on television, on the man in a coonskin cap, so I mean, coonskin oh. caps. Um, you know, the the one the one thing that comes to my mind is the character from the Honeymooners, it's the fifties TV show. Um, Don't know it. Yeah, right. Uh, a very early American TV sitcom. So like cool. really early television, you know. Um, and okay. is the Sweet. the the blueprint for what Fred Flintstone the character was based on? Um, it's Jackie Gleason was the actor. Okay. Um, um, yeah, it's like set in a set in a New York apartment, basically. This little sitcom, um, cool. like the first or the like the main, the big one that was influential. So, um, but I, I don't know if if this is a particular specific cultural reference to a particular person at this time. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really, I'm really uh, trepidatious to to launch into any sort of opinion around that. Okay. Well. Well. Okay. So when he, I might be well well beyond the pale here, but what kind of hat did Davy Crocky, yes. Davy Crockett wear? Absolutely. Yes. Correct. Okay. That's the coonskin cap, is it? Yeah. Hundred percent. Classic one with the tail. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Right. Right. So that's a coonskin cap. Is well, generally, me, generally you're is... a your regional, your your subsistence, you know, um, your shotgun shack, your, you know, your your rural. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, rural, but also, but also, iconically, this Davy Crockett character, who I'm not completely au fait with what he represents, but he is an American hero of a the of frontier the pioneering age, right? Yeah. He's the frontier, the king of the wild frontier. So yeah. whatever we could talk about the trail of tears and the genocide and yeah. and all that terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah. But in terms of the American identity at this time, Davy Crockett is an, an uncontroversial hero, let's mm. say of the, of the conquest. Let's, mm. let's not shy away from it of the, of the United States continent. And so, so I think the guy wearing the coonskin cap in a pig pen, mm. what, what's what's the pig pen is that is that a jail cell or is that a <laughs> it's not a pig it's not a literal pig pen well I, well yeah I, I guess if if you're taking the idea of the iconic frontiersman the you know the trailblazing pioneer um yeah and, and of course you know david crockett if if that's the <clears throat> if that's the touchstone i mean he was a um a member of government um you know he was a, did he was government a, exist yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he yeah. was. He I just was, mean um, did the American. Okay, cool, cool, cool. No, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was me, in the house. He was in the House of Representatives. What? Yeah. I don't know anything about David Crockett. Then. <laughs> yeah, he was in the Congress. Um, I don't know anything about him. All right, school me. Yeah. I have no freaking idea. So. No, he was. He was a. He was a member of Congress, and he was. Uh, I think that's what? when. Um, when uh, Jackson was the president, <clears throat> um, and um, and and Crockett, I think I think Jackson was really spearheading the screwing over of the um, of the indigenous populations. I think I think Jackson, yes, like I in the that. in the the internal expansion and stuff, and what you're saying, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think Jackson um, was really spearheading that, and I think Crockett uh, was opposing that. Oh, man, so so this it, i mean this is this gets really complex because if we if we're using the idea of the the pioneer the frontiersman you know championing yeah. america the new america in, yeah, in yeah. the dis- That's destruction what I thought of, he represented well then if it's that if it's that character of america um if he's standing in a pig pen he's surrounded by shit he's surrounded by smelly beasts <laughs> you know um so he's he's the yeah. king, he's the he's the warrior, the champion, the pioneer, but in a in a in a a, a prison for you know, especially being a um, someone of Jewish heritage for um, <laughs> for no, but seriously, someone being of Jewish heritage. Well, the pig represents the unclean, the filth, sure, you know. And on a farm, it's where you throw all the rubbish, the scraps, to be recycled into shit, so you can you know throw it's it on the, the prodigal you know, son image. Yeah. But so it's but interesting. Don't you think it? Don't you, I mean, I agree with everything that you just said. But don't you think it? 
it could be that he's in a jail cell, like a pig pen is the. Oh, ab- absolutely, yeah. But I think it's. I, okay. I think in that, if that's where you're going with it, if that's how you want to read it, I think it's more likely that it's just saying you're in a world of you're in a world of shit. You're the you're the king of a okay. pile of shit. That's that's what I think. Cool. But but so any 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 that's case, that's, it's an that's image. But that's yeah. But that's <laughs> making the assumption that that's who that coonskin hatted person is. <clears throat> it may. Well, no, I, I don't think that. I don't think that's who it is, but I think that's mm. the I think that's the image that he's adopted. You know, it's right. like ironic. So basically, I see him as basically he's a drug dealer. Um, he wants eleven dollars. You only got ten. Yeah. So he's a he's a mercenary kind of drug dealer. He's like, no, no, no. This is pretty, my price. Pretty standard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty standard <laughs> drug dealer. Sure. I well, agree. that totally that agree. that that is totally in line with the idea of the the king of a shit pile. Um, you know, I think that's not. It is. It is not, indeed. But he's not and, and so he's adopted. It would be like it would be the equivalent of uh, running into a drug dealer in in Melbourne in in uh, sort of Smith Street, and in Australia. We're we're based in Australia, by the way. Um, running into a a drug dealer in Smith Street, and he's wearing a crocodile Dundee hat with the corks. Do you know what I mean? Like a and a Cobra hat, a a Cobra hat, but with corks, like a fully, a full kind of piece of Australiana. Yes. And so you've got like this colonial, colonial Australiana. But but fallen. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's fallen. Yeah. It's it's corrupted. Yeah. Um, I I I, I, I'm not disagreeing. (laughs) I think everything. I think everything we've put out there is in line with that reading. Um, but yeah, I'm cool. I'm just I'm just wary of the fact that there could be a particular person of that time that he's referencing. Sure. That maybe there was a public figure that was known for um, Coonskin. I don't know, or or a TV character, for instance, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure. So I'm just no, leaving you... that wide open. <laughs> yeah, wise, very wise. These are the the rather large limitations of my my knowledge. <laughs> Oh no, that's where we're at. I mean, geez, it's not it's not clear, is it? Uh cool. Well we've well, done it might it might have been clearer to someone at that time. <laughs> but it's not to me. Yes. Indeed. In this time. No. All right, let's go a little further. If then. we can get through verse two. <coughs> yeah, we're in, we're, we're we are in the flow. Soon. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Much much way. much more productive than I thought. Maggie comes, fleet foot, face full of black soot, talking that the heat put plants in the bed, but phones tapped anyway. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> well, fleet fleet foot. So, fleet foot is uh, running, yeah? Yeah, agreed. Face agreed. full of black soot. Yep. She's been maybe she's yeah. from the basement. She's got uh, coal dust on her, or she's she's in the yeah. kitchens, or she's in the basement. Um, you know where the radiator is, where you throw the coal yeah. in to stoke the fire to heat the house. Yeah, talking that the heat she's put plants in the mm-hmm. bed. So there we go, heat working with coal. Yep. <laughs> um, you think the heat? Who do you think the heat are? Well, well, it gets to, it gets a double purpose here. Obviously, we we get to refer okay. to the the cops again. The Sweet. heat heat's on us. The heat is on. It's on yeah, the street. Good. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great song. Um, and really but but the heat put plants in the bed. 
Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's been shoveling coal to stoke the fire. She's got black soot on her. Uh-huh. Or is that is that a uh-huh. is that a symbolism of she's guilty, you know, she's marked or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh the heat put plants in the bed so that the you know, sun helps seeds grow. The heat germinates plants. Uh, but did the cops the cops planted something in the bed? Mm-hmm. Did they mm-hmm. stash drugs under the mattress to bust yep. us? But phones tapped hey, nice, anyway. Nice D- Dylan-esque rhyme there you did. <laughs> it's completely I, unintentional. I what you even said. Yeah, I Place plant. What did you say? Uh, <laughs> Put plants under the mattress to bust plant, us. Planted was something very, in the mattress to bust us. That's very Dylan-esque rhyme. I'm just going to point it out. Thanks, Augustus. Um, <laughs> justice. Yes. Justice. Okay, go. Last, uh, but, last go to the... Phones tapped anyway. So, you know, whether we're guilty or not, we're under watch. We're being observed. Cool. Yeah. Good. Okay. All right, great. Let's, you know, let's, what, are your, what are your comments on, on those? No, I think you nailed so much of it. It's a really good image. <coughs> um, we, we get a sudden, a, a sudden dramatic entrance from, from a character. Um, this Maggie, she comes in and, and you know, um, wa- basically warning, warning that they're under surveillance. Um, but not just that. I don't know. There's just amazing stuff. Uh, the plants mm. in the bed. Now, who's uh, Maggie? Well, uh, who's Maggie? Precisely. Who's Maggie? I don't know. Maggie's, no idea, Mag- Maggie love... seems like a common name to me in, uh, in yeah. music of this early 60s period. You know, Maggie, Maggie, is, Maggie is a really oft-used oft uh, name. Yeah, exactly. And it's just a common name. It's a, is it, is it, a, is it's it a, a John? Is it, a, is it the female John? Well, I think it is, but also it's, uh, you know, what can I say about this? We're, we're talking about the underworld. We had, a, we had a, a corrupted, we had at least several corrupted men in the first verse. And now we have a, f- a fallen woman. So it's, it's affecting everybody, basically, is what I get from this. Uh, they're all, we're all involved in it. Here comes Maggie. She's not just uh, some helpless a victim in all this kind of underworld activity she's active in the activities mm. uh, she's at the coal face oh um, yeah literally up yeah. Drugs, presumably yeah she's t- talking um about how the how the authorities are, are surveilling them um yeah she's an active participant so it's it's a it's a um what's the word it's a unisex activity at this point in in the human journey <laughs> to be one of the underworld mm. um it's now, inclusive plants in the bed <laughs> It's inclusive. That's what I'm trying to get at. Plants in the bed. Um, for me, the thing that I can't shake from that is the, is the notion, it's come out recently in headlines, um, about how authority figures have been given permission illicitly uh, or secretly to sleep with, fe- you know, this is normally male, male undercover police. They they have a cover story to sleep with activists from organizations that they are surveilling. They're allowed to do it. Sending sending the whole activity of surveillance and and uh, counterintelligence Full into gonzo. incredibly murky territory. Full gonzo. Um, you know, plants in the bed. Like mm. for me, that's yes. uh, that's a, yes, uh, it, yes. It, like I'd completely forgotten about that. About what? 
Uh, well, there was uh, in the in the last few years that it had come out. Are, yeah. are you talking about a new? You talking about something new or the revelation of in the past? I mean, uh, it's just because I'm I'm listening to it here and now in in 2021. I, I and and this was a revelation in the UK actually. There were there were um, plants in the environmental movement. Yes, they, yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like in the in so the early 80s. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm retconning this, but when I see plants in the bed, apart from an amazing, amazing play on words, because plants obviously go into a, a flower bed normally or a vegetable bed. Do we use that flower bed? Flower bed yeah, normally. yeah, sure. But plants Ga- in the garden, bed works garden perfectly. Bed. Plant... Yeah. Thank you. Garden bed. Um, but, you know, plants in the bed has a, has a maybe a sexual. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't gone well. there. I agree with you. Yeah. But but. The phone's tapped anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like all of that stuff, you know, they've got plants everywhere. They've got um, people pretending, masquerading as, as part of the organization, maybe even sleeping with, with people mm. illicitly. Um, and But any, it doesn't really matter because uh, ultimately they've got other surveillance on them as well, the phone. Mm. Um, okay. But, it, you know, stakes are high. It's, um, it's tough out here in the street for, for the men and the women uh, who are taking part in this. Mm. Uh, All right. Anything else to add on that? No, I, I feel like that's that's pretty good. I, I'm still I'm still really um, I want to know who Ma- I want to know why the use of Maggie. You know, um, that's yeah. it. You know, and I there's a, a lot of material around this time that that uses the word Maggie, in, especially in in songs. That's in pop songs. It seems to be something that's really yeah. common. Uh, I don't have anything specific, and I no, I don't have any of any figures. No, me either. Um, once again, <laughs> we're yeah. we're we're out of we're out of that we're out of that contemporary. No, time. no, but you know we have to be within our context and yeah. If it's if it's an illusion, an illusion. I was trying to pronounce that. Um, if it's an illusion that has since fallen out of mm. of of, of our memory, and, yeah. And yet this and yet this song lasts. Mm. You know, really, it's really it's up to us to kind of work out what the illusion means to us. Sure. To me, to me, it's still another name like Johnny, sure. which is a, which is just a classic mainstream. Mm. Ni- I want to say nice suburban girl come to the city and got involved with this sort of stuff. Mm. That's that's what it represents to me. When I hear the name Maggie, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, nice, uh, yeah, suburban girl. But and it, and it's the nickname. It's the nickname version as well. You know, it's a shortened. Yeah. So it's a there's a familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's cool. uh, let's right, hit let's... the next bit. I'll try and pause it correctly. Wish me luck. <laughs> Uh, Maggie says the many say they must bust in early May. Orders from the yeah. DA. Yeah. So who's the many? Yeah. Okay, great. I mean, the many say, like, that's the word on the street, right? Word that's, on the street. The, Back to the paper. That's the, that's, the, that's the stuff she's hearing from yeah. a lot of, from multiple sources. Mm. From She's confirmed it from multiple sources. Mm-hmm. She's also got her own surveillance. Mm. It, or they, the underworld figures, have their own surveillance within the authority structure. Mm. So they can get information back as well. And her information is that there's going to be a bust 
of this, you know, of presumably of this of this uh, drug cooking um, mm. operation that Johnny Johnny's involved in, and it's been ordered by the DA, the district mm. attorney. So, mm. um, for me, that speaks to the sort of cynical strategizing nature reality let's call it of law yeah. enforcement is that they they don't just walk around it sounds stupid to even talk about it but i don't know when you're a kid you just sort of imagine cops they would be like uh, 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 you know beginning of the day like okay where's the trouble i'm gonna go find it and i'm gonna stop it <laughs> that day mm. but the reality of it is you can't behave like that you have to be strategic strategic Anyway, because otherwise you will, you know, just blunder into something prematurely without having enough evidence. Mm. Uh, you'll blow your cover and blah, blah, blah. But the other thing that you're waiting for is that the DA, the political, the political role may yes. well hamper your, dis your, um, your agenda to go and bust crime. Mm. <laughs> they, they might have a reason. They might be deep in it. They, they might be corrupt or they might simply be looking to time it correctly so that it so that it fits in with a political agenda or yeah or, the, or they may feel that evidence isn't strong enough to um to to have an outcome where um people face justice to a you know it can't be can't be prosecuted to a, a satisfactory end it's a bit weak or yeah. something even though in, That's the uh, interrupting disrupting the activities might be beneficial to the community even if it's only temporary, it might it might help the the community at large, but it might not have um, might not might not have not not just an effective long term uh, benefit benefit outcome to the community through prosecution. It might not have a, a long term or a beneficial outcome for the individuals in their career paths. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You nailed it. All uh, right, let's um, let's let's see this. Let's. I think that's pretty literal. So let's. Um, yeah. Let's see I this so. next refrain out, which there's a lot more in this. Look out, kid. Don't yeah. matter what you did. Walk on your tiptoes, don't tie no bows. Better stay away from those that carry around a fire hose. Keep a clean nose, watch the plain clothes. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. So what's, what's, what's the first things that strike you about that, like structurally? It's, it's the rhyming that hits mm. me. Absolutely, the density of the rhyming increases. Uh, he goes for the AA rhyme, look out, kid, no matter what you did. Mm -hmm. but, but then he goes, toes, bows, those, hoes, nose, plain clothes, wind blows. And it's just all maintained. That's the single syllable, but they're all in pairs. So tiptoes, no bows, fire hose, clean nose, plain clothes, wind blows. They're all paired with assonant uh, pre prior syllables. And that's really different Wonderful from, stuff. that's yeah, amazing. And it's really different. It's very particular compared to what's, um, preceded it so what, what do you what do you think the purpose of that is because, because you know some might refer to it as a, a very simplistic um ex, you know there's an ex, there's an ex, there's an anticipation expectation of of that coming in you know o's yeah. o's o's so but that's very different to you know some of the um multi-line 
um, uh, rhymes that he's set up earlier. So what, do you think there's a particular purpose behind that? Well, he did do it in the end of verse one as well. Mm. Um, he just did it with the uh, with a less distinctive or a less striking sound. Yes. He went, yeah. He went, uh, in, look out, kid, something you did. And then he went, when, again, yeah. uh, friend, pig pen, got ten. Yeah. So he he did do it in, in the first line. He doesn't do it in the other two verses. Um, but yeah. really, in my mind, you know, this is almost what, a doubling. Go. You know. Well, it just seems really. It, it, he's ramped it up. Exactly, and it's but it's such a a, a distinctive sound, um, the O's. So it really st- sticks out in your mem- in your mind as you hear it, and he maintains it for so long. But you're right; it increases the pace. Um, it carries you through to the end of the verse. Uh, even though the 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 points don't don't stop, you know they don't lower in density. He's going fast, but he's he's keeping on piling on the imagery. Mm. Um, what what imagery sticks out to you? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, every line every line has something <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, <laughs> well. You know, I feel like uh, walk on your tiptoes, don't tie no bows, just as the opening. I mean, aren't, aren't we, mm. wasn't everyone, they were, they were, there was urgency, they were needed to run away. But now suddenly mm-hmm. it's like being really cautious. Um, but if you're walking on tiptoes, being cautious, like you're kind of sneaking, you're going slow. But if you don't tie no bows, is that your shoelaces? You know, is that where that's going? So if your shoes are untied and you're walking mm-hmm. around on tiptoes, you, it's kind of risky trip over but um the real one that 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 hits me is stay away from those that carry around a fire hose that i i i want to know what that means yeah well uh not too i was confused about that when i first heard it i was like what's he got against fire fire the fire brigade (laughs) um so i i had to go and look it up and um basically The con- the, well, the conclusion is that the, at this this is a civil rights movement reference. Yes. Uh, to the to the sort of prototype um, riot control. Yeah. Gear. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's called riot control gear, but um, effectively it was used on what we now, you know, the the, the term is peaceful protesters, and these genuinely yeah. were peaceful protesters. Uh, they were people, um, you know, looking to change the the civil rights situation, which which drastically needed desperately needed changing in in the Mm. united states of america clearly um and yet they had um various control measures turned on them batons Mm. dogs um rifles famously Mm. in many cases Mm. but the other tool that was used a lot was um was the water water cannon or fire Mm. hose as the Mm. prototype the prototype version of the water cannon was the fire hose so just drench drench people in high-powered Ice cold water. Well, it's an effective way to dampen their uh, spirits, their um, their spirits, and <laughs> their desire to keep keep protesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, and, so and it's, and it's very very water water. You know, it's at at, at high pressure. It's an ex- yeah. it's, one, it's one of the most powerful forces we know in this world. It can be indeed. Hmm. It's very very dangerous. Um, and yeah, and you, you, I mean, you see people getting hit by hoses and just being taken right off their feet. Um, so yeah, painful. It's like being bludgeoned by something. Mm. So you know, desperate. Um, very very effective. Let's let's not <laughs> very effective protest control measure. Uh, let's say. Beautiful. Um, I'm 
you know, I, I like your idea about the shoelaces. I think that's that's good for no bows, but I don't have anything else for that at all. Mm. And I don't, it doesn't conjure almost anything for me. Don't right. tie no bows. Um, well, uh, 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 loose strings. Yeah. Loose strings. Yeah. Um, there's just don't leaving, o- leaving things open-ended maybe. Indeed. Yeah. That's it. Walk on your tiptoes. Don't tie no bows, leave no trace kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't, it's again i feel like i'm missing something from the context of the day yeah yeah me too was a bow was a bow something that that meant something back then i don't know i don't know um yeah i don't know Um, i guess yeah i guess if you tie if you tie off bows you're someone who you're completing things or you're um you um you know you're 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 particular about details possibly um, but may, maybe it's just a, a, a maybe it is just a metaphor for leaving things open. So I mean, if you if you're in a if you're in a precarious situation, you want as many uh, avenues for escape as possible, or as many um, you know people you can call upon or places you can hide. I, I, that's what I'm getting in my mind. Keep a clean nose. Watch the plain clothes. That seems pretty literal to me. That's um, I don't think there's there's too much to read out of that. It, it seems. Seems to me that uh, that's very much um, just, you know, watch out for undercover cops and, you know, yeah. keep a clean nose. Don't, you know, stay on the straight and narrow so they, they can't get you for anything. That seems pretty literal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a litany of, of celebrity kind of photos where you can literally see a, a, a piece of white powder on the nose. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, given the, given the topic is, is sort of the drug world, it could be a slightly more literal image than... Sure. Then it seems at first. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um okay. Is is the next line you know, is it is it in the top 10 most iconic Bob Dylan lines? Oh fuck. Well, is and the other question is is this self-referential? Mm. Yeah, nice question. Go ahead. Well, you know, um uh, the answer my friends is blowing in the wind. Uh, is this is is this a reference to that but or you know i mean he he references these kinds of images that um you know very frequently i mean the, the guy is such a prolific writer you know he had really he had themes that he used a lot and i think i think wind um is something that he he it's an image that he's used a lot so but you know is it is it a self-referential uh line uh, i don't know I think that it likely is and um and I think you're absolutely on point with that and I just think that he had had written uh songs like Blowing in the Wind and become a, a sort of already a sort of titanic folk figure um and I don't I I think in the in the classic vein of sort of uh Many of these types of unwitting, <laughs> unwittingly um, famous and lauded uh, artists, a la sort of a recent one like Kurt Cobain, he didn't really like it. I don't think he really was comfortable with that level of 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 being um, put on a pedestal by people. No, so I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. So um, for me, that that line is 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 exactly self-referential and autobiographical. He's basically mm, telling yeah, people. Right. Look, come on! You don't need me. You know, mm. you don't need you don't need someone to stand up and tell you which way the wind blows. Um, work it out for yourselves, kind of. Mm. But mm. don't don't treat me like a prophet. Yeah. What um, 
what, what you know without being um without being socratic again um too too much what what impact did this line have uh on the trajectory of kind of history in in the usa uh i'm i'm not sure what you're getting at actually uh <clears throat> well okay i'm hang I'm on being cryptic <clears throat> all right yeah yeah and um out of context for me um I, what i yeah. do know of is that later on um there was what was referred to by the authorities at large as an internal terrorist organization called the weather underground or the weathermen um and perhaps they were influenced by well they they definitely came from the underground folks um civil rights anti-war movement um and possibly they they took their name their code name the weathermen or the weather underground as uh, from from songs like this i'm not sure you, you you nailed it i knew you'd i knew you'd know um that's exactly <laughs> from this line so so right. a so a uh you know ding 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 um so you know a massive a massive outsized impact from a from a a line of poetry mm. which which did lead to the the naming at least not the forming but the naming of a a an avowedly terroristic group like this not controversial to call them that they yeah. they carried out terror terrorist activities in the yeah. sense that they did a lot of bombings yeah. um you know which were not particularly lethal but that's not the point of mm. that kind of terrorism it's mm. it's to affect change through through the use of violence that's mm. literally it so they were definitely a terrorist organization mm. um and they took their name from this line so the irony that i wanted to to point out was you know you talking about how this song this line is is sort of autobiographical and self-referential and, and sort of in my opinion telling people not to not to put too much stock in the words of an artist uh, not to put too much stock in the words of Bob Dylan, and then some fucking guys took the line and <laughs> named their terrorist organization <laughs> after it, and then w went and blew a bunch of stuff up. So the absolute savage irony of that, yeah. um, <laughs> in all its context. Yeah, the the antithesis well, of of his intent. <laughs> exactly. Made exactly. manifest. Made absolutely manifest. Brilliant stuff. Mm. Um. The, the, this is where I wanted to dive back into that briefly, and we can we can discuss it more later. But you were talking about people who um, are are sort of nurtured by a society, and then um, and then want to critique that society, even though their very existence depends on it. And you were you were beginning to say that you know that's fully understandable. I think I'm not I'm not mischaracterizing it. Like it's perfectly natural, perfectly natural to want to change the yes. society that you were born in. With the view that you know potentially you could improve it, right? Yes. Yeah. That the, the, briefly, I want to I want to dive into that topic and just say that there is there's two types of, um, broadly two types of how that very very natural and real desire and motivation can manifest, and one of them is that the person wanting to critique and change society has love and affection for that society and the other is that the person loathes that society and wants to destroy it but will happily masquerade as seeming to be like the former uh, in order to further their um, acceptance for their campaign 
Go. <laughs> can I can I ask you? Um, do you do you think it's? Oh, I mean that you know your last little um, bit there is suggesting that it's a masquerade. Do you think it's possible to um, love elements of the existence, the culture, the system, and feel that um, small incremental changes or attempts to make small inclusive in, uh, incremental changes? Are ineffective and to feel that as a last resort out of out of no other choice you think well it, these legitimate um, caring compassionate attempts to make changes are not effective or they're not effective quickly enough um, and what's happening is so unacceptable that it requires a, a, a different kind of intervention and this is all that we have at our disposal do you do, do you think that the that that last resort possibly of violence or violent intervention is somehow do you think it can be indicative of loving a society rather than as you as you placed it um loathing it like do, do you think it can still be done out of love whether that's um incorrectly concluded um response or, or whatever do you think it's only yeah, either look, or, I mean, or do you think I'm, it can be somewhere in between no no okay I'm I'm happy to add a third group to that, um, and, and say that there is a that there's a there's a subset with uh, which you just perfectly described. There are people who've who've become disillusioned with the slow incremental change, and they decide through out based out of their original undying love for for the society that they now have to resort to the um, non-slow incremental change and rapid <laughs> rapid violent change. I'm happy to concede that there there would be a third group in the middle there that that fall into that bracket, um, but I I still um, you know it it depends on the society that those that third group existed in. Of course, I'm willing to concede that there are, have been various societies during during the during the during the existence of humanity where that was a absolutely perfectly rational. Um, rational reaction and and you know I've, i'm going to change my view on that there's a third group as well um but i think they're in a minority and i definitely don't think that um they they have a, a very very convincing case in the west that's basically my 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 um western chauvinist perspective um so so but 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 they exist sure they exist i'll concede that but i'm i want to focus on primarily on the dichotomy between the first two groups that i mentioned sure and 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 the and that there are people who they the majority position is 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 one or the other of those two options someone someone either people who want to affect change in society fall into broadly two camps in the majority they fall into the one who love the society that they want to change and therefore they do it delicately and incrementally as you said perfect word or they loathe the society and they want to actually destroy it. Um, yeah, then that's that's it. So, you know, your your third group exists. I, I, I agree. Um, but I think they're in the in the in a tiny minority. OK, so um, for me, in, and that's the relevance to this to this line that we're looking at, the weather underground, the weathermen fall into that second category. They're people who 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 actually at their core loathe the society that has nurtured them and and um and provided for them and brought them into existence and they actually want to destroy it um so uh that's the kind of category that i would place them in 
Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I think I have. I I I don't think I'm fully aligned with your um, your summary of them uh, being loathing. I, I don't think I agree with that a hundred percent. I don't I don't know you, that I have a position. You put them into that third group. Well, I, yeah. I'm I'm open to that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Well, of uh, course, I would be guilty of saying, you know, all all weathermen are bastards, kind of thing. <laughs> obviously, I can't. Obviously, I can't uh, say that because I don't know the individuals in it. But I would just say broadly, broadly, that's how, well, that's the category I'd place them in. Have you seen? There's a documentary about about some of these people. Have you seen it? I have seen mm, documentaries. Maybe a documentary. Right. I can't remember. There's a there's a um, particular one that came out a few years ago that's very well made where they have direct cool. interviews um, with a lot of the people involved and and of course some of them are still to this day in hiding um, yeah. and and so yeah, there's a lot of uh, anonymity involved in it but they they are the the direct uh, people involved but yeah it really dissects um, you know their interactions on a very from a very and on a very personal level uh, so it really humanizes um the members so i i mean that's my primary source and i felt i felt like it was an extremely unbiased examination so um yeah i obviously it's one particular work um and through the lens of that that, that team of filmmakers but i i feel like it really humanized um, the experience of these people. So, I mean, purely based on that as my source, my primary source, I'm, I'm, I'm really hesitant to, um, to analyze them as being loathsome of the society. I, I think, I, th I think, I think the, the impact of the Vietnam war and how, you know, what was going on and why, and how Americans were, were drafted and how the, you know the dramatic segregation that existed you know at the same time that that america was fighting two wars at a minimum two major wars one one in southeast asia and one internally at the same time i think um i think those are pretty desperate times when 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 the the military whether it's the national guard or the army or whatever when the military is opening fire on on its own university students and at the same time as carpet bombing Cambodia, but proclaiming that fighting the, you know, the red, the red threat in, in Vietnam. I mean, it, there's the desperate times, you know, I can't, I can't doubt that. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, you know, violently disrupting the status quo, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but I, I, I don't think that's necessarily indicative of people that are loathsome of society. I think they're loathsome of the, the authority and the, and I think that, I think that comes from a, a deep sense of disconnection between the representatives and the people that they're meant to be representing. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, that huge, that huge massive cultural shift probably is indicative of the fact that, the authorities did not represent the community by and large. I, I think that is probably the testament to that. Yeah, that's all, 
completely fair. Um, yeah, and uh, I think I I broadly agree with you. Um, I think that I'm making a mistake by um, posing uh, by 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 focusing too much on the specifics of the weathermen. Um, <laughs> sure. That is. That is uh, that's that's not necessarily where I'm where I want to go with it because I I agree with you I agree with what you just said and I agree with you about char- the characterization of the times. Um, to, for the most part, I agree with you, and it's something it's something more broad that I that I want to get to eventually in our analysis of this song is not necessarily the weather underground themselves, um, but what who can be described. A, a generational and and you described it as a cultural shift a generational uh grouping of of um of boomers what we call now boomers um so they for me this song uh to some degree represents the the boomer generation um the where where it arrives at in the in the in the sort of when it's coming of age uh in the post war period so they reach, you know, they're 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 babies born after the war in the baby boom period, particularly in the USA, and they and they they are a massive expansion of the populace of of the USA, but at the same time they're a massive expansion of the young populace of the USA. So there's a glut of of young people, young people willing to work, and um and that means that this phenomenon comes about in the human journey or in the American journey. Where you have an excess of 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 young people, and it leads to all kinds of results like this that you get this what we've been describing so far, which is like whole sections of your youth who don't need to do anything, and this is the first time in in really in in history or recorded history or modern history, let's say that that occurs, and this is the result that you get seg- segments of it that decide that you know they they t- turn on tune in and cop out and we get the broad um we get the broad phenomena that we see in the 60s so the, so on the one hand we get the um overbearing authority and the willingness to throw that youth that 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 asset that treasure of mm, youth mm. into a terrible war mm. into the the the, the snarling more of of uh, the grinder of of the vietnam war terrible event is brutal but it's the kind of thing you might do if you're an overbearing authority and you're like well uh, you know we, we you know we want to we've got all these numbers <laughs> we've got all these numbers let's do it you know at a certain point at a certain point quantity is its own quality let's just throw <laughs> yeah. our youth at it yeah uh, and it's just a t- just terrible but then at home you still have massive gluts of youth who end up carrying out these social changes through just sheer frustration mm. So, so that's what I want to drill, drill, kind of yeah. drill down into as as we yeah. continue to analyze right. this this song is is the arrival of the baby boomer generation, mm. uh, and and what it means and what this song means for that moment. Mm. Um, so what I think we'll do is actually we'll 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 pause it there. You know, even within the context of us producing this episode, and we'll say this is part one, mm. and we'll try to we'll try to actually you know produce it or whatever. And and do the do the legwork and even maybe get it up and 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 then come back for verse two and well, verse three and four. Okay, brilliant. What do you think? Yeah, brilliant. Let's let's try and wrap on that one. Uh, humongous, humongous song. It's not like us to chew off something little. 
and and you know this is what this is what we've found time you know so far in all three episodes so far is that we sit down with a song and I already knew this one was going to be humongous <laughs> but I've had a I've had a good time with the first half of this song so yeah great let's let's uh, let's reconvene for part two <laughs> all right, brother. thanks so much for listening.